We just have a little bit of time left. I want to invite you to take your Bible and turn with me to Matthew 28. We'll look at that classic New Testament passage just briefly and focus on two words. Matthew 28, verse 18, we read, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the world. Amen. I want to challenge you tonight to make Christ's authority your priority. Make Christ's authority your priority. In the early 1990s, there was a Christian magazine periodical entitled The Evangelical Missions Quarterly, and an author, Arthur Glasser, shared an interview that he had conducted with a man named Donald McGavern before McGavern went to heaven. Don McGavern was a missiologist, a master teacher in missions, culture, considered, quote-unquote, the father of the church growth movement in the 1970s out in Fuller Theological Seminary there in California, thoroughgoing new evangelical. But he was a founder of the School of Mission. And Arthur Glasser, conducting this interview with Don McGavern, asked a very poignant question. Dr. McGavern, which part of the Great Commission are we most prone to forget? Now, some people might think that Dr. McGavern would say, um, the strategy, meaning making disciples. That isn't what he said. Some might think McGavern would respond, oh, the scope, all nations. That isn't what McGavern said. In a profound response, Donald McGavern replied, the part of the Great Commission that we are most prone to forget is the absolute authority of Jesus Christ. Brethren, without acknowledging and depending upon the authority of Jesus Christ in your and my life, our labor will be in vain. Let me remind you of Psalm 127 verse 1. Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. You know, without acknowledging and depending upon the authority of Jesus Christ in our lives, we will lack the spiritual vitality to stay committed during the most difficult times of ministry. Pastor Cochran, my mind goes back to when I first experienced missions as a single young man. I took a year out of seminary in 1984-85, went to Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia to pastor a little Bible Baptist mission and replace a seminary classmate of mine. The goal was to spend the first month together. He would transition out, I would transition in. But two weeks into my first month, I was stricken with the most acute case of food poisoning. And lo and behold, my seminary classmate said, Brother Pat, my last night here, I'm going to have an all-night church activity. I said, oh, brother, I'm a morning dove. He's a night owl. And so 
8 o'clock at night, this all night activity starts, and by 2 a.m., I said, I'm done. And I went back to lay down, and two wise adults in that ministry, Brother Isaiah Cho and Miss Sung, came to me and said, Pastor Pat, come, we're taking you to a 24-hour clinic. The doctor examined me and said, young man, you are very sick. I said, I know. This has been going on for two weeks. He said, now, when you leave here tonight, all you can take for the next few days is glucose water. And then after that, someone needs to make you some watery rice porridge. After a few more days, they can add a little vegetable. After a few more days, a little bit of fish. After a few more days, a little bit of chicken. But that's how you're going to have to nurse yourself back to health. Well, this all-night activity was to conclude at 5 a.m. when the church members would board that chartered bus and take my seminary classmate to the airport so he could come back to America and finish seminary. But as they filed out of that church building, and I'm laying down there on the floor on a mat staring at a ceiling fan, I said, oh God, if anything is going to be done over this next year, it's going to be totally by your grace and by your power. And I'm so thankful that's exactly what God proceeded to do. You know, too many Christians view the Great Commission as simply a task they're about to accomplish rather than a call to submit to the authority of Jesus Christ in their lives. If you're just simply doing the work of God in your own power, may I suggest you're doing it in your own authority? We need to surrender all. And during Jesus' earthly ministry, he preached several times while standing on a mountainside. We recall the Sermon on the Mount, the Transfiguration, the Olivet Discourse. And here in Matthew 28, Jesus is standing on a mountain in Galilee, and he shared this last command with his disciples. And they, in turn, were to share it with their disciples. And at some point in time, someone shared this command with you. And somewhere along the line, this command moved into the realm of an obligation. May I remind you of the words of Hudson Taylor? The Great Commission is not an option to be considered. It's a command to be obeyed. And let's be honest, there are times when the obligation of this command can weigh very heavy upon our hearts. You know, I remember when I was first being trained to be a soul winner in the Fisherman's Club, goes back 40 years now, Fellowship Baptist Church in Marshalltown, We'd be trained for three hours on a Saturday morning, then go door-to-door -door three hours, one night a week. But the first month, I was simply to be the silent partner. My trainer was to do all the talking. But week two, into my role as a silent partner, we're approaching the front door of this home, and my trainer turns to me and said, Brother Pat, this one's yours. I, I said, what? What? And my knees started shaking, and I was shivering, and I was praying, God, I pray there's no one at home. But when the lady opened the door, and I told her who I was and who we were and where we were from and what we were doing, she said, oh, that's wonderful. We belong to such and such a church down the street. And I said, oh, phew. You know, when Jesus offered the Great Commission to his disciples that day, I want you to notice very quickly where Jesus began. Jesus began by offering his authority, in verse 18, with those two words, all power. In the Greek, it's pasa exousia. 
but it denotes executive power. Our president leads our executive branch of government, and when the president first takes over on that inauguration day, he oftentimes executes executive orders that are laws. And Jesus Christ was the disciples' commander-in-chief. And I want us to ponder his authority very quickly. We need to think about what kind of authority it is. Well, it's consequential in its exclusivity and in its transforming power. This authority is consequential. Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. That's exclusivity. It's transforming in its power. John eleven twenty five, Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. What kind of authority is it? Consequential. How was this authority manifested? Well, think about that garden experience when Judas Iscariot came with his band to arrest the Messiah. John 18 Verses 4 through 6. You listen as I read. John 18, verse 4. Jesus, therefore, knowing all things that should come upon him, went forth and said unto them, Whom seek ye? And they answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus saith unto them, I am he. And Judas also, which betrayed him, stood with them. And as soon as he had said unto them, I am he. They went backward and fell to the ground. That's the authority that Jesus promises you and I. Is this authority transferable to you and me? Yes. Acts chapter 4, verse 13. You follow along as I read Acts 4, verse 13. The Bible says, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men. They marveled, and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. So that's the authority. It has a source embedded in the person of Jesus Christ. But the source of the authority has a history of impact. You know, before Jesus tells you and I to do anything for him, he reminds all of us of what he has done for us. The Gospel of Matthew is a study literally in the authority of Jesus Christ. Matthew 7 reveals Jesus had the authority to teach. Matthew 8 reveals Jesus had the authority to heal. Matthew 9 reveals Jesus had the authority to forgive sin. You get to Matthew 10 and it reveals Jesus gave this authority to his apostles so that they might have power over the demonic world. Matthew 10.1 he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out. I'll make an application and we're done. What difference does it make if Jesus Christ has this kind of authority? Well, ladies and gentlemen, if Jesus never told us about his authority, all power is given unto me, we would never have the courage to go out to the uttermost part of this earth 
and reach the lost with a life-transforming gospel to the glory of God. You know, before I went to Singapore with my wife, I'd never started a church from scratch in my life. So why did I go? Because I, I went to Singapore because the Lord promised me his authority in this great commission. You know, before I went to Taiwan with my wife, at the age of 50, I had never gone to language school to study Mandarin Chinese. Honestly, I don't recommend that to anyone anywhere, anytime. But in my case, it was God's will. And it wasn't so much about Pat Delaney. It was about the feet that followed him. Do you think there was a time or two when I got discouraged at that stage of life, learning Mandarin Chinese? Do you think God used that experience to deepen my dependence upon the authority of Jesus Christ in my life? Dear friends, the bookends for the Great Commission are presented here in Matthew 28. All power, pasa exousia, executive power is given unto me. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Which part of the Great Commission will you be most prone to forget? Please make Christ's authority your priority. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, it's been a privilege for Mary and I simply to review and convey the privilege that we have to come alongside your God-called Baptist World Mission servants. O oh Lord, may each one that we spoke about tonight, may Mary and I, may everyone who comprises this wonderful body at Calvary, Make Christ's authority our priority. In Jesus' name.